My name is Chris. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at EPAG. And uh, my wife and I, as many people know, have three daughters, uh, 11, 6, and 2. And I got to tell you, when, when my wife was expecting our girls, I'd really hoped for a spontaneous need to rush to the hospital and have the baby. I, I really wanted, confession, a legitimate reason to speed. I wanted to be able to go as fast as I wanted to go through as many stop signs as I wanted to go through red lights, carefully, of course. But I wanted a legitimate reason to speed. And do you know, that did not happen with any of our three girls. It was almost as if they all came by appointment. It was so boring. I would think that the experience for Joseph and Mary in Luke chapter 2 was exactly the opposite. It was Mary, a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Likely, according to Scripture, they're officially married by this point, but without consummation. And yet, here's Mary, pregnant. It's impossible that this could be the case without a man and a woman knowing each other, except in this case, never before, never after, except in this case, the Holy Spirit put this child in Mary's womb. You can truly imagine the murmuring about what had happened. It's no wonder that Joseph, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, thought to quietly leave her behind. In human terms, in human timing, in human logic, this was not the most natural, normal, convenient occurrence. And yet we find in Scripture very plainly that this was all part of God's plan. Joseph and Mary had to travel And I know enough about my wife being pregnant to know that travel is not very convenient for a miserable mom on the verge of giving birth. Luke chapter 2 verse 1, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. It's important to point out that while Caesar Augustus may have issued the decree that took place, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 21.1, that the king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. That God in his specialization of orchestrating details could cause everything to align just as it needed to. This wasn't a coincidence. This was God's orchestration. The travel to Bethlehem and the ultimate birth event that was about to take place was the fulfillment of a promise from God in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you for me will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. The Bible says that while they were in Bethlehem for this travel purpose, The time came for the baby to be born. More than just the fact that Mary was with child, this was God's orchestration. I didn't get this sudden moment for my girls, but Joseph and Mary certainly did. 
It wasn't all that convenient. I doubt their donkey had an extra gear. But there was a bigger problem. Crowds pressed in on Bethlehem, and the Bible tells us there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus' birth was one of humble beginnings. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet hair, the stars in the sky look down wasn't Instagram worthy unless a rustic barn and hay and animal smells are your thing. There was no public attention, no waiting room of family and friends awaiting the baby's arrival. There was no big announcement on social media, no flowers delivered, no meal train to follow. In a stable, probably a fixture like a cave where animals were kept, the birth of the Savior of the world took place. Jesus, God in the flesh, was laid in an animal feeding trough called a manger, wrapped in strips of cloth to keep his limbs straight. This wasn't the way people would have expected it. A king in that culture would have typically been born with much pomp and circumstance. His birth would have gained the attention of royalty and kingdoms. A king one expected in this case to come and deliver the Jewish people from Roman oppression would have been announced by trumpeters throughout the land. But not this king. From the beginning at his birth, we see the humility of Jesus. We see the King Jesus who lived unlike any other king. He didn't come on the scene to rule by force. He came as a servant to serve others. Even the marginalized of the culture who were often cast aside. And his ultimate purpose 
would mean his death for all people. mothers would try to keep in their own hearts the thought of their husband who was off. And they would try to keep the thoughts and memories of the father alive in the minds of their children. One mother took her son to her bedroom every day and showed him the large portrait of the father who was away. And one day the little boy said to his mother, Mom, wouldn't it be great if dad could just step out of the frame? For centuries, man had looked into the heavens longing for God to step out of the frame. And at Bethlehem, that's exactly what God did. Incredible and unbelievable as it may appear to modern man, 
The Bible teaches that Jesus was indeed a visitor from heaven, God incarnate. John chapter 1 verse 14 says it this way, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I struggle to try to comprehend all that Mary, the mother of Jesus, felt that night. In fact, when we read the narrative, we don't seem to find many words from her. But Scripture tells us in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, that what Mary did do was treasure up all these things in her heart and ponder them, reflect on them, think on them in her heart. In awe and wonder, Mary held and cared for and even kissed the face of God. Mary had been part of God's plan to bring salvation to mankind. One thing I pray this in every season of Christmas is that we would never lose the awe and wonder of realizing what God has actually done for us. Meanwhile, out in the field nearby, shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And Scripture tells us that an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Unlikely recipients as shepherds, probably scared spitless by the arrival of the glory of God in the heavenly host, were made aware of the greatest news mankind could ever receive. What has just happened, shepherds, will bring joy to you and joy to all people. Before the foundation of the world, promised from the point even when man rebelled against God, Spoken throughout the centuries through many prophetic voices, the Messiah, the Savior, was born. And from this birth announcement, we once again hear confirmation of God's greatest passion and plan to save humanity from sin through His Son, Jesus. The shepherd's response reminds us two parts of what our response should be. In Luke chapter 2 verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant.
remember what Christ has done for us we come to worship him because we realize he ultimately fulfilled the greatest need we ever had Amazon may fill your orders but Jesus fulfills your life his birth led to his life on earth and his earthly yet supernatural ministry. He taught, he healed, he delivered. And ultimately, he bled and died as a sacrifice for us in our place. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart 
that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in Jesus will never be put to shame. As you prepare for a number of possible celebrations, gatherings, presents, food, and fun. I must ask you today, in person and online with us, have you made the decision in your own life to follow this Jesus who came and gave his life for you? Have you admitted first that you're a sinner? That you recognize that your life on your own is not living up to God's standard and never could? That you recognize that you have a tendency and inclination to be selfish to be caught up in your own way of life? Have you believed in Jesus and His finished work? We celebrate this moment in history because we know His birth led to His life and death on the cross and His resurrection. And through that finished work, we have a way to God, a way to life now to the full and eternal life with Him forevermore. Have you believed in Jesus and His finished work for your own life? And have you confessed Jesus not only as Savior, but the Lord of your life? To say, Jesus, I recognize your love, and now I want to follow you, and I want you to lead me, and I want to learn what it means to be on this journey with you. I'm going to lead us as a congregation in prayer, and I don't often, but today I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. And what I want this to do is to be a moment where as we all pray together, it's especially an opportunity for those of you who may have never prayed this prayer to welcome Jesus as the King of your life. This prayer in and of itself isn't fancy. This prayer in and of itself doesn't mean much unless it's coming from your heart. That you're recognizing in your own life, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus as my Savior to forgive me, to free me from the power and and the guilt of sin, and to ultimately ensure my eternal life after this life. But if you mean it from your heart, this is a moment that radically changes your life now and forever. So would you bow your heads with me all across the room today? And EPAG community, I'm just going to ask that we all pray this together. Would you repeat after me? Jesus, I'm amazed at what you've done. And I realize you did it all for me. Humbly I come to you. I am a sinner. You are the Savior. Forgive me, Jesus. Cleanse me of my sin. And help me now to live as your true follower. I confess you are now the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Would you take a moment whether you've prayed this prayer right now for the first time and meant it or whether you've prayed a similar prayer maybe years gone by, months gone by, days gone by 
and you know that you've been forgiven, you know today that you're a child of God, would you take a moment and let's just say thank you to the Lord in our own way. Would you do that? Maybe you want to lift a hand. Maybe you want to just open your mouth and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in us. Thank you, Lord, that it is settled, it is finished. Thank you, God. And Lord, we pray together today as we come to this moment of communion. We pray, O oh Lord, knowing that Scripture teaches us that, it, that we are not to approach this moment in an unworthy manner that we are taught to do this in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. And we're to do this to remember that there is coming a day when we'll be with you forever as well. So Lord, if there's anything in me that offends you, anything in me that doesn't align with your word, Holy Spirit, would you point it out in me? Would you forgive me? And would you help me grow in you? I come to you today, Lord. We come to you together today, Lord. And our greatest desire is not simply to worship you with our lips, but our greatest desire is to worship you with our lives. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. When you came in today, you should have found there on your seat some communion elements. Would you take those in hand and stand with me today please and we're going to participate in communion together if you're here today you're not required to be a, an official member of Eden Prairie Assembly of God as long as you are a Christ follower you're welcome to participate in communion with us today scripture teaches us a couple of important Reminders about this celebration and remembrance. First of all, this is to remember what Jesus has done. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and he said, I give to you what I was given myself. I pass on to you what was passed on to me. On the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, just a few hours really before the cross, he took the bread, gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. And he encouraged his disciples to do this in remembrance of him. Now we know according to scripture that when Christ grew and became a man and did his earthly ministry, he went to the cross. And on the way to the cross and at the cross, he suffered greatly. While no bone was ever broken in his body, we know that he endured multiple stages of suffering. He was mocked, he was ridiculed, he was spit upon, he was hit with fists, his crown of thorns pierced his brow, he took stripes on his back for our healing, and then when he got to the cross, was crucified. He endured all of that, Scripture tells us, because there was joy in his heart in knowing that once his work was finished, we would have opportunity to be saved. He endured and died so that we could live. So I want you to join me today in remembering what He has done for us. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank You. As we read a moment ago, we are so grateful that You came 
God in the flesh stepped out of heaven into our humanity and endured so much. We're grateful for what you've done, Lord. We, we lose sight, I think, sometimes, Lord, of just how agonizing this was for you. It was painful. You endured so much, Jesus. And we thank you today. You didn't deserve it. But instead, you died for people who didn't deserve it. And now, oh Lord, even though we don't deserve it, you show grace to us. Mercy, compassion, patience. Thank you, Lord, for your work in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life. Would you partake of the bread with me this morning? everyone recognizes that blood represents life and Jesus gave his blood his life so that then his work could be applied to our lives so that we could have life I can look back over the course of my life and I'm sure you can as well and recognize there were many times that I wasn't following the way of God that I wanted what I wanted that we were selfish in ourselves and and had this inclination to do what we wanted what we thought best and yet God loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus for us the Bible says very plainly and we repeat this each time that we partake that without the shedding of this innocent blood there would be no forgiveness of sin This is the way because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Through His finished work, the question of sin, the question of life, the question of eternal life is settled in Him. We're thankful for that today. Jesus, thank You for enduring what was actually a criminal's death even though You were completely innocent. The Holy Spirit put that seed in Mary's womb and that means Jesus was born into this world into humanity perfect and sinless and yet he took our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God what an exchange we traded in no value to receive a greater value than we could ever put a number on. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for going through the cross. Thank you for going through the cross. Thank you for rising again, and thank you, Lord, for your work in our lives as a result. Lord, may we also remember that as you drank this cup, you said you wouldn't do so again until we're all together in paradise.
So let us also be reminded that this is not just about this moment. This is also about the future. Whether we go through a a physical death or whether it's the the catching away of the saints from this world, Lord, we are assured that after this life, there's eternity with you. So we, we drink this cup today in remembrance of what you've done that made the way to look forward to what will come. Thank you for life now and thank you for life eternal. Let's partake of the cup together today. You're welcome to place that under your chair or dispose of that in just a few moments together. I said a few moments ago that the shepherd's response to the angel appearing with the good news was really important. The first thing that they did was to go and see to experience Jesus for themselves. After they went to see, they also went and told the people near them. Go and see and experience in our lives translates into go and tell. We, like the shepherds, have experienced, and maybe even to a greater degree, the Messiah, Christ, at work in our lives. We've seen Him. We've known Him. We know Him. We know His love and we love Him. So we don't keep this gift to ourselves. Jesus should never be the best kept secret. Jesus should be the one we talk about and share with the world. So I want to encourage you today and tomorrow and through this Christmas season, but really every day in your life, consider the ways to bring the good news into your conversations. Consider the ways to make sure that people know there's hope in Jesus. Consider the ways of someone who might be lost hearing of the way of salvation. I'm going to ask our prayer team members to come and make themselves available today on either side of the auditorium. In just a moment, if you've made a decision, you've prayed that prayer today and you meant it from your heart or you want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, there are people who will talk with you, pray with you. Maybe you even have a need. What I recognize today is that Christmas is a celebration for many, but it's grieving for others. It's hardship for others. There are multiple reasons why today you may feel heavy during this time. And I want you to know there are people here who will pray with you, encourage you, and you can walk out today feeling the peace of God in your heart and life. I want you to know that Amber and I and Isabella and Annalyn and Aubrielle We considered sending out Christmas cards to everybody, but it'd be a lot of Christmas cards. And stamps are expensive, and they're going up. So you'll have to just simply look on Facebook and see the beautiful pictures of my kids making cookies yesterday. I didn't bring any to share with you. I did share some with my neighbors, but I didn't bring any to share with you. I'm getting ready to go home and sit on the couch and eat some of them myself. What I can tell you is this. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. And we pray that this is one of the greatest Christmas seasons you ever experience. And we're honored to be on this journey with you. And the best is yet to come. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. Father, I sincerely pray today. Would you bless and keep this people. And would you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them? Would your countenance, your favor ever be turned in their direction? 
And oh, Father God, would you grant them your peace? Would you keep everyone safe who is traveling? Would you keep everyone well as we interact with people? Would you make us whole in every area of our lives? May we experience you and tell others of how great you are. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on us. In Jesus' name, amen. I may not be the first, but Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. God bless you.